Radio Pulpit, 657 AM. Radio Pulpit, we trust God is doing you good. Blessing you in a mighty way. My name is Ray. I'm talking to Sipati. She joins us on the line. Hey, Sipati. Hello, Pastor Ray. How are you? That is good. How do you see the youth day? How do you see the youth day? Um, well, <laughs> there's not much to celebrate. Um, that's just my opinion right now. As someone who works with the youth, I realize that we still have a long way to go. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and um, it saddens me, you know, that we are where we are right now after so many years of, of liberation. Mm. Um, but with that being said, we are hopeful. We know that nothing is impossible with God. We will continue to do our best to help one youth at a time. Mm. Mm. Yeah. The state of youth is quite appalling if one has to come to the truth of it. It is as appalling as one can ever imagine these days. Things are just not happening quite well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll give you a practical example. We had um, youth events that we we did yesterday and the day before that, where we invited different government stakeholders that you, that deal with youth, you know, mm. to present the opportunities that are available for them. And you will be shocked to hear that um, the only reason why youth even bothers to attend such is when there will be lunch served, you know. Mm. Um, so it's quite sad that we have the kind of young people who are so spoiled that they think that they need to be bought to come mm. and take mm. advantage mm. of mm. opportunities mm. that are out there for them, you know. So um, it's a sad state of affairs. Mm. Quite sad. Yeah. Now, much of it, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry we have to get into this. It's because you work with youth, and so um, I worked with youth quite a long time. I still do, you know, um, uh, in my organization. You know, we work with them quite powerfully. Uh, but I also know that um, with you also, uh you know, you work quite powerfully with this. And your dad, your father, who was a very special colleague of mine and friend, mm. who also was was part of my organization, really. Mm. Um, and I was part of his organization. Mm. Mm. Um, really had a passion for young people and the young people who who are found in drugs, you know, um, the gangster wars in Etuatua uh, that had happened, he was pivotal in them. I still have photos of him addressing, talking, pleading with them and with the communities. Yeah. And uh, we face such young people who are violated to an extent that the only nature that they have is violence, isn't it so? That that is absolutely true, um, and I think it's, it takes a special kind of anointing to be able to to get through to our youth today. Mm. You know, mm. if you don't have the patience, if you don't have the kind of love, you wouldn't be able to survive it at all. Pastor, you would know that. You know, mm. um, issues of drugs, issues of uh, violence, issues of abuse. 
alcohol abuse especially, you know, is so rife within our young people today. You know, um, when we were growing up, it was taboo to see a young person as, as young as 13 years old drinking alcohol publicly. Mm. And, you know, old people around them would just look at them and not do anything or say anything about it. Yeah, You know, that, that is the reality we live in in our township today where young people will abscond school or dodge school. Um, young people during school hours will be sitting in the corner and um, smoking drugs, and the police would just drive by and not do much about it. You know, um, the issue of the gangsterism in Edwater, you will remember, the police would not dare enter that location because mm. it was deemed as a very dangerous location. You know, but the, the anointed men of God with courage were able to go in there with love and um, speak life into those young people's life. And today we have testimonies of those same gangsters who have matriculated, some are in in tertiary now as we speak, some have graduated, you mm. know. And I don't think this would have been possible if men of God had not stood up and said, we're going to do something about that. And we need that even today. We need more and more men and women of God that will say, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to try and do my best to save a life. And... Uh it takes a toll on those who work with the youth because there is a need for for help churches have resources you know there's a need you know uh, and churches have resources to to bring across um the help that is necessary are we finding much of the times the people who are youth workers, in your experience, uh, frustrated because of lack of resources to help? It, it is frustrating. Um, and I think I want to touch on the issue of the church first, um, that there's so much resources within the church, but the church tends to want to exist separately from the community within which they operate in you know, where the church just turns a blind eye to the social ills that mm. exist in those communities. And we cannot continue that way. You know, we have proven without reasonable doubt that the law enforcers are failing dismally at helping these young people because mm. it is not prison or being, uh, or being imprisoned that will help change their lives, but it will take the church that will deal with the issues of moral degeneration Mm. that will truly help these young people to come out of this, you know? So we need to really position ourselves in the church and realize that it is us who carry the answers um, and the solutions to the social ills that exist today. Mm -hmm. And until we stand up and do something about it, we will not have future leaders because our future leaders are drowning in drugs as we speak. Our future leaders are gangsters as we speak. Our future leaders have dropped out of school due to teenage pregnancy. The list is endless. Mm. And it is not that we are blind to these things. We see them. 
but we tend to think that we, we have the right to exist um, and turn a blind eye to these things, you know. So many young people who have a passion to serve or to help these young people get very frustrated because of lack of resources. But yeah. I always say that we need to start with what we have. You know, if you look around, there will be something that you have that you can use to start with. And as soon as you start, more and more people will start seeing what you do and they will come in and say, how can we help? What do you need? You know, so it's important to really look around and see what you have and start with what you have. One child at a time. Never be tempted to think that, no, um, I cannot make a difference. Mm. One child's life that is transformed is modern enough. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 she will be the person who goes out to help even more and more people as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when we come back, let us look into uh, some of the moments that require our attention here in the land when it comes to the youth dilemma. There is so much of the youth dilemma. There are some things that I've seen developing um, over the townships over the past 30 years and about young people. And it is quite sad, but we will touch on that when we come back. Let's get into some Kelly Price. The search continues for top quality South African Christian music. If you are a new artist or releasing a new CD, then send it to Radio Pulpit. For more information, please visit the Radio Pulpit website. That's www.radiopulpit.co.za. Or phone us during office hours. 012-334-1200. Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. We are here 24 hours with the message of hope, faith, and love on 657 AM. 657 Medium Wave Radio Pulpit. I'm talking to Sipati Dabudi, and uh, we are touching base on this very issue and uh, uh, of, uh, you know, the state of the youth. The state of the youth. And since you know you work with young people Sipati, yeah. to a greater extent to develop them and all that you know yeah. uh one of the things that i've come to realize without a doubt is uh is that we tend to really fail to see some of the aspects of what is taking place um, uh, in the lives of young people. Mm. When I was growing up, if you were a girl, and I don't know if this is sexist, but if you were a girl mm-hmm. and you reached the age of 18 mm. without being pregnant, mm. you are a star. Mm. Or without being sexually active in a way that you would risk AIDS or any form of infection. If you're a star, if you're a young boy, you don't engage sexually, immorally, haphazardly, willy-nilly. By the age of 14, you're a star. 
if you finish high school being a virgin, you are a rare gem. You know, a rarity, something that's not there. You are a legend. Young people would get out, and I remember, Sipati, in 1985, we were doing what people call today grade 11 or grade, grade 10. Mm. And, and much of the times, many people would go on, yeah, yeah sort of grade 9, would go on and prove a point to one another by drinking and smoking. I was one of them. Mm. Most of the people I grew up with who were in that group leading, they are dead. And they didn't die recently. They died below the age of 25. Others below the age of 21. And when you are about 23, 24, there's already two kids, different fathers. And this is the plight of young people. Yeah. Then now you have to go for Sasa or rely on some church project yeah. or become an addict. If you go into the parks today, you would see many of the people in the parks seated there. It's young people doing yopet, doing drugs, doing prostitution. And this has seemed to be the cycle taking place there. What is your view on this? These are sad moments. Very sad, Pastor. You know, it has worsened. Um, the reason I say that is because, the, you know, in the olden days, you know, it would start at an at a certain age, we would know that, okay, well, this is the age that it usually starts at. Mm. But as we speak now, we have almost like 13-year-olds, 12-year-olds that um, drink alcohol public, publicly, do drugs publicly. We've got 13-year-old girls who are mothers of more than one child today. Um, you know, we've got issues of gangsterism where they now start at the early age of 13. You know, a 13-year-old can actually shoot a gun or stab someone to death without feeling any shame or guilt. You know, um, so it, it, it has been a cycle. It has been going on for years. And if nothing is done, the age will keep dropping. It will keep going down. It will keep starting at a very early age until it gets to a point where we're not able to control it. Yeah. Mm. So the Word of God teaches us not to withhold any good from those whom it is true. I'm saying this because we see these things as children of God. We have resources. We have a brain. We have what it takes um, to help these young people who are trapped in these things but we choose to turn a blind eye, you know. And um, I feel that 
it is our responsibility, especially for those of us who have walked this journey. I mean, I could tell you about my own life. It was not a smooth sailing. Mm. But I believe the reason why God took me out of that is because he had to use me to help those that come after me. Yeah. You know, he didn't take me out of it so that I can brag about it and tell mm. people that mm. I was saved. Um, I survived this and that. But he took me out of it so that I can be in a better position to understand those who are going through it. Mm. and help them understand that there is hope on the other side, you know? So issues of moral degeneration, issues of social ills have become so so out of control personally Mm. that, Mm. you know, what we see in our townships today is that on a weekly basis, on weekends, there will be um, kumbis full of young children Nice. Um, going on trips, I think they go on trips, uh, filled with a lot of alcohol, expensive alcohol. They dressed in very expensive clothes, um, and they, they, they've got these things where they burn those clothes, they burn money to show that they have money. You know, it is quite sad, and when you search and you find that many of these children are from poor families. The mm. family sleeps without any food sometimes, or many of these children go to schools that are not that, you know, uh, that good, but they demand these things from their parents. They put pressures on their parents. They will threaten to take their lives if, if their parents don't do this and this or buy them designer clothes and give them money to buy alcohol and drugs. I know of children who... Um, the parents have decided that I would rather give him the money to buy the drugs than see him go and break into a house and steal things to sell so that they can get money for drugs. That That's where it has um, gotten to, mm. you know, where a parent has to say, I have to choose between buying bread in my house and giving this one money to go and buy nyaupe or drugs or alcohol. Mm. You know, on Sunday morning, yes, yes. I'm, I'm sorry, Pastor. On Sunday morning, we dress up, we look good, we go to church, we put on a smile, so that everyone can believe that our houses are in order. Mm. 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 So it's like a it's like a pretense of a sort, a yeah. a sad one indeed, and. Uh, this is the plight. These are the moments of young people. Um, what startles me is, you know, when people talk about youth celebrations, when actually there is nothing to celebrate. You know, um, looking at the state of the mortality of young people, which is so unnecessary. I don't know if you understand what I mean. It's so unnecessary. There's a, mortalities that are so unnecessary and uh, they, they should not be happening. And, uh, <laughs> but they do happen. You know, uh, young people get stabbed. They shoot at each other. If you go and check out in the Cape Flats, in Soweto, in Sibuki, in Hamanskral, you know, mm. uh, you would be shocked. These are just examples. You go and check out, uh, you know, young people really fighting, and others are recording this. 
We've seen young people even committing suicide and people say it's just bullying. No, it has become a culture amongst young people to live a life of a hegemony of death. Death has become naturalized, which is something that should be changed uh, from the perspective of young people. And even when they talk, they go like, It's a naturalization of murder. It's a spiritual thing. It depicts the, the moment uh, of, of really not looking into the destruction that comes. Imagine how those people will be like 20 years from now. Quite sad, you know. If your kid is 18 or 19, 20 years from now, they will be 40, nearing 40. And, and you will still be there. And if they are at a deteriorating pace of development now, how much more uh, of a deteriorated adult will they be? When we come back, we look at the consequences, some of the effects of the plights of young people upon society. If you need prayer, please send your request to prayer at radiopulpit.co.za or WhatsApp 067-429-7564 or go to Radio Pulpit website on www.radiopulpit.co.za Download our app now and listen to us wherever you go. Available in the App Store and Play Store. Words of truth and value. You'll find it on 657 AM. It's 657 AM. The sounds of your life. Welcome back. 657 Medium Wave Radio Pulpit. We trust you are well. The state of youth is what we are talking about. This is not a youth program. State of youth is a topic that uh, we are looking into, you know. Uh, and much of the times, you know, um, when we look at the the scourge of deterioration, others say the surge or the scourge of deterioration in the lives of young people will be shocked. I was driving through Mamilodi some time ago, Sipati, yeah. and uh, if anyone would drive along a township around these times, uh, check what is going on. It's young people loitering, having nothing to do. Then they would start now selling drugs, sex, and, um, you know, being drawn into illicit dealings and all those kinds of things. Crime. It's just volatile. Groups and gangs are formed which loot houses where it's elderly people who live in those houses and stuff kill them, they rape them, the culture of rape and all those kind of things. These are the effects of young people, you know, not being taken care of. And if they are 60% of the continent, then there is something wrong with us if we don't take care of the people who are the majority. And they are the most powerful. So they have a power to either build themselves up or destroy themselves down. And we see very few people who have a passion for young people. And there's quite a, a scourge of them. Yeah. If you look into the mortality rate, most of the parents are burying uh, their own children. 
It's not supposed to be that way. My own mother buried her two daughters. You understand? My two sisters, children of my own mother, they died. And the other one died this year. I mean, it is, it is, uh, it is really breaking the community down. The moral fiber of the community, the pillars of the community are broken down. Because young people are being destroyed and there is nothing, there is no one to pass. There is no one who is there to receive the norms of propriety that are being passed from generation to generation. The values, the conduct, the virtues of being people. Those who are supposed to be learning are not there. It's a serious case. See, but sure. Um, doesn't that now just scare you, Pastor A, about the future of our country? You know, Absolutely. If you want to. Yes. These are the young people who are supposed to be a, the future president, the future govern, government, future leaders mm. of our country. Mm. But uh, when their lives are going down the drain today, then it really scares one about where we stand as a as a country, mm. you know. Um, but I need to highlight this also that the reason why you will find these moral or these social ills so rife in our township or amongst young people mm. is that an idle mind becomes the devil's playground. You know, you find these young people after school have nothing much to do. They sit around in a corner and they start just idling around. And that is where the devil finds a place or a space to penetrate their minds. And you end up with all these problems that we see today. Now, I'm highlighting this because I feel that our government has failed us, number one, because we do not have a lot of extramural activities to keep young people busy enough mm. um, in our townships. We've got all these resources available in, in town, but not easily accessible to young people in the township. Um, therefore, they end up doing all sorts of things that we have mentioned today. Mm. However, also, with that being mentioned, with that mentioned, I want to highlight that it, it, it remains each and every person's responsibility to make the best of their own life. Mm-hmm. So I cannot just point a finger at government and say you failed at one, two, and three, and not point a finger at the individual and not highlight their contribution towards their own failure. Mm-hmm. You know, because truth of the matter is that we all have a sad story to tell. We all have yeah. a past that is not so glitz and glamour. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we made a choice. We made a decision that we we're going to turn our life around. And that is what everyone has in their disposal, making choices to better their lives. However, we have young people who want to point finger at government and leave all responsibility on government and say, government is not doing this for me, government is not doing that for me, therefore um, I can justify why I am a failure. I can justify why I am doing drugs. I can justify why I'm engaging in sex before marriage and I have an unwanted baby. Mm, you know? Mm, um, mm. Yes, we we live in a country where 
Um, unfortunately, young people have been pushed to be too dependent on our government. We are not teaching young people to take responsibility for their own life. You know, it's sad when a 16-year-old will tell you that, no, government must feed me, government must put a roof over my, my head, government must give me a grant for my baby. Mm. We cannot continue like that, mm. you know. We ought to take responsibility for our own lives. Government yeah. can only meet us halfway. We need to take that first step that leads us to a brighter future, you know. Mm. And also, for those who have walked this journey, I cannot emphasize enough that we need to not turn a blind eye to the youth that is drowning today. Mm. Um, we can stand up and say and do something to help them realize that unless they change their mind, nothing much will change. Because I think more than anything, we are a well-resourced country. But unless we change our mindset as a country, as young people, we will not be able to win this, you know? So we need to really stand up. We need youth that will change their minds about how life should be. We need um, the older generation that will say, I'm no longer going to shut my mouth. I'm going to speak truth to power, and I'm going to do what it takes to try and help this child, whether they mind or not. You know, um, there was a saying that it takes a, a, a village to raise a child. How did we move away from that? You know, growing up, I knew that if a neighbor or someone uh, or, or an, an elderly person passes me by at a corner, they will say something about it, you know? They will not leave me there and pretend as if they don't care or I'm not their child, therefore they have no opinion over my life. But that is the situation we see in our townships today, where we see young people going astray, but we we shut our mouths. And, and also, yes, I know our hands are tied because there's laws that protect young people. There's laws you know, that have been passed by a government that says you cannot uh, um, do certain things to children because then it gets you into trouble. But are we really going to let our young people go down the drain and say, it is not my business? It is everyone's business because, Mm. believe it or not, that child who has no education will need food someday and they will go to all lengths to find food. That means they will eventually um, start doing crime for them to feed themselves. So that will eventually affect each and every person in this country if we don't do anything about it today. It is important, you know, uh, that we be careful as people who live with young people that we take it upon ourselves as incumbent that we should make a difference in the life of a young person. Mm. You don't have to make a difference into a big crowd. The few that are around you. Mm. Each and every house has such, you know. Mm. Make a difference there. And if we, we work on this effort and it becomes a concerted effort, by the end of the year, we would have helped the majority of the population of the country. It's very important to look into that.
When we come back, let's do the final thoughts on this. It's difficult to face the overwhelming pressures of life alone. Sometimes we just need someone to talk to, someone to listen to us. And what better way to do that than through a quick and easy WhatsApp text? Whether you're having a hard time coping with school, family issues, being bullied, depression or anxiety, speak to someone who cares today. Send a WhatsApp message to 064-530-6805 or 074-995-9085. Our I Am Youth Counseling team, Charles Toy and Danny Van Bili, are ready to connect with you today. In today's rush world, there is limited time for yourself. Your cell phone, however, is with you all the time. So why not use it? Visit our Radio Pulpit website with your cell phone and restore your soul. There you can find out more about Radio Pulpit. Download the Bible to your cell phone. Read Word for Today. And you can listen to us online. Just visit www.radiopulpit.co.za Especially developed for your cell phone. Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. One vision, one voice, one message. Radio Pulpit 657 AM and 729 Cape Pulpit. Impacting lives from Gauteng to the Cape. Become active. Active in faith. 657 AM. Welcome back. 657 Medium Wave Radio Pulpit. Talking to Sipati Davu DNA. We are, man, we are looking into the very aspect of the state of youth. And uh, we're looking at what needs to be done. You know, what are some of the things that could be suggested to organizations, and uh, churches, ministries that uh, work with youth, uh, programs and projects that are geared towards youth, you know, um, do they do the right situation analysis? Do they enter into the serious nature of the uh, status of young people to really help them? What do you think should be done, Sipati? And let's start with uh, the youth organizations that are there which are geared towards helping youth whether they be NPOs or NGOs what do you think they should do or they can do one of the things I know they can form a consortium and stop working as little clusters there and there you know uh, in towns they can form consortiums and do massive projects that could really uh, make young people, you know, change or, ch- or shake the situation as young people. But that's my opinion. What comes to mind? Well, I, I agree with that. Absolutely, Pastor. You know, um, mm. if we come together, we could achieve a lot more than we are right now. Mm. You know, and also maybe let me just um, state that I, I firmly believe that the body of Christ, I won't say the church because we have a lot of churches out there, but the body mm. of Christ is the lifeline of any society. Yeah. Um, I believe that it is a unique place that should instill change in people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know? And therefore, we need to position ourselves to be able to address the social ills that we see. Be it mm-hmm. moral degeneration, gender-based violence, drug and alcohol abuse, um, um, violence, and crime and um, alcohol abuse, as I stated, you know. Mm. So if we can position ourselves 
so that we speak and address these issues, we will definitely um, change the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to also highlight this especially. We have a lot of organizations out there, you know, that have good intentions, you know, to help young people, etc. But I think that it's very important also to have an understanding of the community within which you exist in. Because yeah. a solution for Soweto might not necessarily be Absolutely. a solution that works for Davidson, for example, mm, you know? Mm, so if mm. you have a broader understanding of where you exist, you will have an understanding of the challenges um, in that area. Then it puts you as an organization in a position where you are able to speak or to come up with solutions that speak to that particular problems that exist in that area. You know, mm. it, it is not a one size fit all type of thing. It really needs and requires an understanding of what you are dealing with so that the solutions really speak to the problem that we face. Now, also, um, organizations that are out there, unfortunately, most of them are funded by funders or donors that will want to dictate how their funds are used. And that puts a lot of strain and limit to the amount of work that they can do in the community. So I'll give you an example. So for example, let's say you're funded by a department or a government department that has a mandate to train young people in one, two, and three skills. Mm. And you find that there will be no difference in me training these young people in these skills in this area because there is no opportunities for these skills in this area. So that means that will be wasted resource, Mm. you know? Mm. Um, I think what I am finding also, believe it or not, is this. We say that there is no jobs out there. But as someone who works with young people, I am subscribed to a lot of agencies that advertise jobs. And on a daily basis, I receive more than a thousand posts that are advertised. So Mm. there are jobs out there. But I think the problem here is that we do not have young people who have industry-wise training. In other words, we've got young people who've gone to university, they've acquired skills, but they're not able to use those skills to find employment. Mm. And then you will find also that we have young people who are qualified but are not employable. And what causes that in most cases is that you've got young people who went straight to university have no idea how the corporate world works they go to an interview they flat the interview they come back and no one wants to hear anything from them anymore so mm. there's a lot of things that are happening um there's a mismatch somewhere where i think the the, the our tertiary institutions and our corporate are probably not aligned somehow they mm. do not understand what the needs of the other is. Because we on on a yearly basis we've got young people who are graduating with PhDs, with degrees and you name it. However, you go into corporate and corporate is looking for something totally different. You yeah. know? So I think there needs to be some kind of alignment, there needs to be communication so that we can align ourselves properly, so that we can produce graduates that can be absorbed into the marketplace. You know, that's that's number one. And then government is um, investing a lot of money in skills development and training, which is the sector that I am in. However, what I'm finding happening, I know many will not like what I'm about to say, is that 
We have turned this into business. All we care about is making profit. We have um, uh, overlooked the issue of quality education. Therefore, we've got young people that enroll into our courses. They enroll, they enroll, but they don't get or gain any skill or any quality education. They graduate but cannot use those certificates to find employment because you find someone with a certificate that says, I can do one, two, and three. You put them behind a computer. They don't even know what a mouse does. We need to really do serious um, introspection as a people. We have lost it. We have put money ahead of everything that we will sacrifice a future of a young person just so that I can make a profit. Mm. You know, so those are the realities we, we've seen. And one last thing I want to highlight is that our government only cares about telling you about statistics and numbers. They will tell you that we've trained a million young people in, in autism. They will tell you we've trained a million in this and this and that. But do they ever go back to find out what has happened to those young people? No, they don't. But they are more impressed with the reporting on numbers and the money that they have spent. They never go back to do an impact analysis on money that they spend on a yearly basis. This is tax money that we as our citizens contribute on a yearly basis. But it is wasted expenditure because we do not see, you know, um, the impact that it makes in people's lives. Yeah. You know, uh, we left with just a minute. Now, much of the times, we also see amongst many things, you know, young people seem to be lacking doors that are open towards them by society in general, and not just government, society in general, to make them feel useful about themselves. Those have done metric, for instance, can help those in these churches, you know, open those church buildings that they can help others with, for instance, math, you know, where they study mathematics and, and all that help others study. I I was working in this other township very recently and I saw young people coming from school at seven at night, yeah. still wearing uniform because there are those who have who have qualified, who are at universities, who have jobs, who make time for them. And we seem to be lacking this. All right, we have 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds. Do you agree that we should have these? Yes, and it is very commendable to have such individuals. Young people need a lot of mentors. They need a lot of coaching. You know, and I I respect uh, people who will say, I'm going to give up my time and, you know, help young people who want to change their lives or to better their future. You know, and I think we need more and more of such individuals. Young people don't need people who will flaunt their material things, who will flaunt mm. their riches, but they need a true mentor that cares or has the best interest at heart. And I pray for God to, you know, uh, raise more and more of such individuals at this time. Sipati, thank you so much, and we really appreciate you. How do people reach you? Yes, thank you so much, Pastor, for having me. Um, my email address is cpati at mishikwdfoundation.org. I'm also on Facebook. My Facebook name is cpati All right. Thank you so much. we we'll talk again next week.
Absolutely. Thank you. Stay Thank blessed. Thank you. All right, then. That is Sipati Tabudi there. We talk with her again next week. Coming up next, we are going to talk to Peter Musete. It's difficult to face the overwhelming pressures of life alone. Sometimes we just need someone to talk to, someone to listen to us. And what better way to do that than through a quick and easy WhatsApp text? Whether you're having a hard time coping with school, family issues, being bullied, depression or anxiety, speak to someone who cares today. Send a WhatsApp message to 064-530-6805 or 074-995-9085. Our I Am Youth Counseling Team, Charles Dudoy and Danny Vambili, are ready to connect with you today. The search continues for top quality South African Christian music. If you are a new artist or releasing a new CD, then send it to Radio Pulpit. For more information, please visit the Radio Pulpit website. That's www.radiopulpit.co.za Or phone us during office hours. 012-334-1200 Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. You and 657 AM and Life, a winning team on the road to eternity.